coaches. What's up? We are one week away from the RTP 20 Summit. We've got 10 of the best coaches across the country. Uh, they've all sent in their presentations. We can't wait to bring that to you guys for free. Again, that's all next week, 24th through the 28th. Every evening at 6 p.m. Central, we'll start the presentations. They are absolutely free. If you guys will watch them live, um, you, there's a live chat. All of that at 6. You can find that all on our website, runningthepower.com. Uh, just go to our website. Click the link and you'll get to watch it all live uh, for free. If you miss any of it or you just want to rewatch it or you want to have it forever, uh, then you guys can get the all access pass. RTP premium members get that for only 50 bucks uh, and then everyone else will get that for 75 until uh, all the presentations are over on the 28th and then that price will rise as well. So, uh, But if you are price conscious, just go watch it for free the 24th through the 28th, 6 p.m. Central on runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Guardian Caps. Do you have linemen? Are their helmets getting scuffed up during inside run period? If so, there's a way to protect those shells and reduce the repetitive blows your guys are taking during the week. Guardian Caps reduces 20 to 33% of the impact, really focusing on those big guys in the trenches uh, like I coach. Uh, we, we use them actually here at Broken Arrow. Uh, also worn by Clemson, Texas, Oklahoma, Washington, Virginia, and 150 other colleges and over 1,500 high schools across the country, again, including uh, mine over here at Broken Arrow. They are currently running an early bird promo, 40 caps for only $2,000 plus 10 free. Check them out in our show notes or go to guardiansports.com football. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program with a two-day speed and agility program. This template even comes with videos from the top SEC strength coaches that will show you how to run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP to get the off-season football training template and start your 14-day free trial at teambuilder.com, which is team, B-U-I-L-D-R.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with George Colthorpe. Coach Colthorpe is the interim head coach at Fairmont High School in Fairmont, North Carolina. Listen as we talk with Coach about the Air Raid, his online resource 92 Mesh Group, and hosting his own podcast named Squadron 53.3. You can follow Coach on Twitter at Coach Coulter. Hope you guys enjoy. Well, I haven't been at all. Uh, What do you guys think as far as like for a high school coach? I mean – um, because the end up, the reason I didn't go was, like I said, you know, took a couple of days off. I would have had to take a couple of days off. I uh, wasn't going to get any, uh, like you coach, I wasn't going to get any PD for that. Um, and so, um, I, I would have taken, you know, two of my own days off and right. I tried to weigh that against how much football maybe that I would actually learn there, as opposed to if I were to take two days off and go to a couple of colleges of my choice, what I would learn. Um, and, and the, what I had heard is it's more of a, um, you know, get to see people you hadn't seen in a while and network. And, and that was more what AFCA was, was geared towards while they had some great speakers. It was kind of more, um, I had always heard more of a, uh, a networking thing. Is, is that, is that what you guys got from it? Or is that what you, would you say that that is accurate or, um, is it something that you can get quite a bit of football stuff out of? Um, I mean, I think there was some good football stuff going on. I mean, every time I go to a clinic, I just try to find, you know, one or two things that I can take home, whether it be a a teaching term or maybe a little concept or something like that. So I I don't necessarily go to a, you know, a large clinic like that thinking that I'm going to get something, you know, you know, that's just crazy that it's, oh my God, that's life changing. Um, But I will tell you this, if, if you have any interest in helping your kids go to school, then AFCA is a place to go. Um, you know, I had an opportunity to talk to a lot of guys and, 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 you know, just, you know, especially I met a bunch of JUCO coaches that I didn't know and made some connections with some junior college people all over the country. Um, 
talk to some guys that were a little bit out of my area about some kids that we had who were kind of still holding on or some kids that we had the next year. And, and so, you know, for me, you know, clinics are always about networking. And, and I think, you know, just like we talk about building relationships with kids, you got to build relationships with coaches. And, um, you know, so for me, it was definitely worth it as far as that's concerned, because those are the relationships that are going to help you help kids in the long run, you know, getting to know the, the guy from Lackawanna College or, or, you know, talking to the guy from UCF or, you know, talking to the guy from Campbell University who was right down the street from me about a linebacker that we had that kind of had fell through the cracks. And um, so, you know, I look at it like that more than anything. I mean, and, you know, like I said, I listen to Sonny Dykes and a bunch of those air raid guys talk and, and got a couple of little things here and there. But for me, it, the, the relationship piece is definitely the, the number one deal. Um, and I, I just think that you cannot, um, you cannot discount that. I, I get that question a lot about, um, you know, the air raid certified course that Coach Mummy does, you know, Coach, is it worth the money? Is it this? Is this? Is this? You know, all I can tell them is, is, you know, um, is having a relationship with Coach Mummy worth it to you? You know, and, that, and that's all you can ask. And, and that's the thing you, you guys know as well as I do. This is, a, this is a, a funny business, you know, and it's all about you want to get a head coaching job, you better know somebody, you know, and that kind of I got gotcha. you. Yeah, well, that, I mean, it makes sense. Like you said, um, I, I was hoping to go and, and see Coach Bartell and, and watch his stuff, but – Luckily, um, uh, I could I could shame him into sending me everything he had. So I uh, still got to see his, but would have liked to see it in front of everyone and, and um, got to see some of my old coaches that are, are doing some different things now. Um, but have to have to make the next one, just like I said I was going to make this one, I guess. Um, so, Coach, how we always start this thing is – and we've already started going, but uh, how we always start this thing is, is go ahead and have you uh, introduce yourself uh, as far as – and give your football journey. Um, you know, from, from your playing days to coaching and, and how that brought you to where you are now. Okay. Well, um, I started off as a um, freshman offensive lineman at East Carolina in 1995, and then I transferred to Appalachian State. Um, graduated from Appalachian State in 1998 and went straight into high school coaching. Um, got my first head coaching job in 2002. Um, and then from 2006 to 2009, I got out of coaching. My dad had cancer and uh, passed away. So I went, I went into administration for a little bit. And then I came back and uh, was a head coach at Western Harnett High School um, for two years. And then I transferred down to uh, Red Springs High School where I was the head coach. Um, and then in 2014, I was teaching a, a, a geography class and I got a phone call from, uh, from Coach Mummy. And he asked me if I would wanted to be the offensive coordinator at Lane College. And I said, I didn't know where Lane College was. He said, well, call, uh, look it up and call me back in 15 minutes. <laughs> And so, you know, a month later, I was interviewing for that position. And in 2014, I was the offensive coordinator from at Lane College. And then from that point on, I kind of bounced around a little bit as I moved back because my mother got sick. And uh, I was at Grace Creek High School, and now I'm at Fairmont High School. And, and um, my, my journey was, was a little different. I, I mean, I, I first started off, I was kind of a, a pro-I spread, you know, three-by-one or two-by-one, two-back guy. You know, I love power. Um, you know, I, one of my funny, funny stories is that I, I can remember as a young coach sitting, we used to do this um, thing in the off season in, in our, in our County where they would bring in coaches from all over the country or whatever, when they were recruiting and like in February, March, and we'd all have this big dinner and they would talk to all the head coaches and stuff. And I got to sit at a table with Philip Fulmer and was sitting right next to him when we were drawing power up on a napkin. And that, and that was pretty cool. You know, as a young coach doing those kind of things, but, um, I've been doing this. Uh, this is my 21st year in education, and uh, you know I've been all of, I've been a head coach at every level in North Carolina. Well, coach, how 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 quick was it um, before you became a head coach? Uh, I know you I, said 2002, but I was 26. I was that? 26 years old. Um, <laughs> I um, that's awesome. Well, I, I'm not. I'm going to tell you it wasn't because I was some fantastic, you know, young buck, you know, PJ Fleck kind of guy. Um, really, what it was was my alma mater. Was, was looking for a head coach and really nobody applied. Um, there was two older guys and me, the younger guy, and, and then Principal John Smith gave me a chance to be the head coach, and, you know, I made a ton of mistakes, um, you know, didn't really know what I was doing. And, and, I, and I talk about that in one of the videos on the YouTube channel. I was like, look, you know, when, when you get your first job, don't worry, you're not going to know what you're doing. You'll know enough football, but all the stuff that you need to know to be a head coach, you're not going to know until you actually do it. And um, 
I think what helped me survive is I had some really good mentors um, and I was able to pick up the phone and call and, and I wasn't hesitant to do that. I think sometimes young coaches are, are hesitant to do that. They don't want to ask questions because they don't want to be seen as like they don't know what's going on. And, um, you know, I'm real old school as far as that's concerned. I'll pick up the phone and call anybody. I just, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have any shame as far as that's concerned. Coach, you're a lot braver than I am. And, and you and Coach Walls have that in common. Uh, I think he was a really young head coach as well. Uh, I'm 28 now, and I couldn't even imagine. Uh, I couldn't even. I mean, it just well, scares me to almost it, even think about it. it the, funny, the funny thing is last night my girlfriend and I were at Subway. Um, you know, she picked me up from the airport, and then we went over to Subway. And, um, and there was a kid in there. And, and you know how when you get to be this age, you're just like, you know, I'm 43 now. So you see somebody, you're like, man, I know this kid somewhere. And it was a kid that had played for me back in 2003 and 2004. And, um, you know, and he was all excited to see me and everything. And we got to catch up with him. And, you know, he's doing really good in life and, and those kind of things. And, and so, you know, I, I thought to myself, you know, his football experience would have been so much better if I had coached him with the experience that I have now. But I'm, I'm really proud that I was able to help him, um, you know, navigate through high school and do the things that he needed to do back then. And I'm sure Coach Wall would agree that, that he made a ton of mistakes. And if he could go back and do it, he would be a much better head coach with the experience that he has now. Oh God, it's, it wasn't even close. Like, that was one of the reasons why I want I wanted to get out of it so fast because I'm like, dude, I'm not ready for this, <laughs> you know. And and you know, do I, do I want to put in the time? And I'm just like, there's there's so many other things I want to learn, and and I didn't feel like I, I had the time because it's just like you know, one one thing after another, they start to kind of stack on top of each other, and then you know, you're you're hoping you can find good help and 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 get the people you can, and you know, and, and people are moving on. I mean, it's just just total chaos. I mean, honestly, the the best part of the whole thing was just giving you uh, so much more respect for that position. Mm, So I think when when you go back and and be an assistant again, you're like, man, you know, anything I can do to take things off of that guy's plate is kind of where you go instead of, you know, going the other direction. Like, man, I'd do it like this or I'd do it like that. It's like, nope, I've sat in that chair before. (laughs) You got it. I'll do whatever I can to help (laughs) you. Well, the thing that I enjoyed the most when I, when I became a defensive coordinator at Grace Creek was I didn't have to talk to the parents after the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could just go in the locker room and then come outside <laughs> and get, get all the field equipment up, and I didn't have to deal with all the nonsense, even if, even when we were winning or losing. I didn't have to deal with none of that. So that was great. But, uh, well, yeah, Coach, I, um, I, I just – I look back on it, and, and I say to myself, I mean, I had a team in, in 2005 that was really, really good. Um, and I was thinking to myself, man, if I would have known the air raid in 2005, we might've won 10, 12 games, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and that's what I look back sometimes. I'm like, God, well, I mean, we had receivers, we had a quarterback who, who was, was going to go to the East West game. I mean, we had a good tailback. I mean, we had a defense. I was like, man, if I'd have known the air raid and knew what the hell I was doing, we'd have won a ton of games. But, uh, you know, I look back on it, and, and I'll always say this, you know, wins and losses are what they are. Um, I never took a job where you could be uber successful. Every job I've ever taken has been a turnaround job. You know, I, the first job I had had a 21-game losing streak. The second one had a 17-game losing streak. The third one had won nine games in the previous four years. Um, you know, so I, I never went somewhere where you can, you know, just roll right in and – uh you know, and just win 10, 12, 14 games like that. And, and you know, there's, those jobs are, are few and far between. And, you know, that's why you look at a guy. Sometimes I laugh when people look at people's career record and, and say, well, that guy's not a good coach. Look at his record. And I'm thinking, have you thought about where he was at? And, yeah. um, you know, the one thing that I'm proud of is I was able to qualify for the playoffs at every school I was at. And, uh, you know, go from 0-21 to the second round of the playoffs, 0-17 to the playoffs for the second time in school history. You know, nine games to win in 10 and three, third round of the playoffs, two years in a row. And uh, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a program builder, <laughs> you know, but uh, I have, uh, I got about nine years left. So I'd like to find a place to go and just kind of hang out for that and not move anymore. <laughs> I think, you know, that like you said, is the same thing, you know, ma- making sure you've left, left it better than, than you got it, you know, and, and you know, I, I got my head job late, like literally in July. So you didn't have a lot of time to build it, but you know, you still have relationships with those kids. You know, a lot of, a lot of them, even though it was at a small school have gone on to, you know, to coach, to get married and do things and you follow their lives. And then, you know, we, we played a lot of younger kids. So, so like you said, you know, up the numbers in the program, 
got the weight room going, got things kind of situated there. And then, you know, two, two years later, they're, they're in the playoffs and it was out of yeah. school. Like I think they'd only been, you know, in the playoffs in, in 40 years, like three times. So right. it, it's kind of one of those things you, you can take pride in and know that you did have an impact, even if it wasn't based on, you know, oh man, he's Nick Saban and won four national titles. Right. Well, I, I tell people all the time that, that there's only, you know, if, if, a, if your kid plays for me, there's, there's going to be four things that he can say. Um, you know, number one, I'm going to treat him like he was my own, you know, number two, he was going to have a good time playing high school football. You know, number three, he's going to look good when he goes to the beach. And then number four, he's going to be eligible to go to college. You know, and those, those were kind of my, my four mantras is that, you know, I want, a kid, I want a kid to have a positive football experience in high school. I want to treat a kid with respect. And then, you know, I want a kid to, to work out, you know, obviously be in the weight room and have good health and nutrition. And then, um, you know, lastly, you know, make sure that they're doing what they need to do a- academically because football is that vehicle for encouraging kids to do the right things. And, and let's not let's not be, you know, let's not be funny. We know that a lot of these kids wouldn't be doing what they're doing in school if it wasn't for athletics. And, you know, it's some, sometimes these new administrators, they're, they're kind of forgetting that idea. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it's it's the thing, you know, whatever you can do to motivate students to to want to achieve, whether it's football or band or, you know, FFA or whatever it is, we need to grasp on that as educators and make sure that these kids are are giving themselves, you know, the opportunities that they don't know that they're taking away from themselves, you know, and that's the biggest thing that as far as I'm concerned, you know, as a younger coach, you know, I wanted to win state championships and all that other stuff, you know, as an older coach, I'd still like to win a state championship, but if I don't ever win one and guys are, are good men and husbands and stuff like that, I'll be all right with that. Coach, I don't, I don't know if it's a sore subject for you or not, but you, you transferred out of East Carolina. I was going to say uh, I got to play at East Carolina, and it was the coolest place I'd ever played at. Oh, I, I loved it. I loved it. Um, you know, my, my situation was more of my, my dad. My dad was in the military, and my mother was from Fayetteville. So when they retired, they retired in Fayetteville, which is about mm-hmm. an hour and a half away from ECU. Um, Dave had bought some land back in Tennessee, and wanted to uh, to move back home where my dad was from, and mm. uh, you know an opportunity had come come across my my plate to to be able to transfer to Appalachian State. Um, and I'll be honest, I didn't really want to go because I hate the cold. Um, <laughs> but you know, my dad kind of set me down, and he said, you know, sometimes a man got to make a decision that's best for his family and not best for him. And your mama doesn't want to drive 13, 13 hours to watch you play every week. <laughs> and that was that. <laughs> there you go. Pretty pretty easy right there. Well, Coach, uh, you know, you also got into, um, uh, you know, obviously uh, with the 92 mesh group and, and you got, like you said, got in with, with Coach Mummy and, and uh, bought into the Air Raid. And like you said, if you'd have had it maybe a few years earlier, you, you believe, you know, who knows? Who knows what could have happened? Right. How did you start? How did you first well, start buying into that? You know, I, I tell people this. Number one, when, when I got the Air Raid, I, I, I felt like I got a system and not an offense. You know, before I had an offense, I felt like I had bits and pieces of things that I liked to do, but they didn't all mesh together, if that makes sense. You know, we were running power counter trap, and then, you know, our passing game was a little bit different, and I just never felt like it all made sense. And then when I went in 2011, um, Joe Salas, who, uh, who runs his own YouTube ch- channel as well, got let go at the school he was at. And, you know, he had just played for a state championship, and um, – and him and I had thrown seven on sevens together. And he called me and he said, hey, man, you, you got a position open. Would you mind talking to me? I said, absolutely. So, you know, I called Joe and Joe came down and he sat down. And I knew immediately I was going to hire him. And people thought I was crazy because, you know, here I am taking this. It was my first year as the head coach. And you're going to hire a guy who just played for a state championship as an assistant. You know, and I, that didn't bother me at all. I'm like, I got a chance to hire somebody who's going to make us better. And, um, and so what we did is, is we sat in the office and Joe looked at me and he said, do you want to run your offense or do you want to run mine? And I loved Joe's offense. I mean, I, I loved – I can remember scrimmaging them one time and standing behind, standing behind my defense and trying to figure out what he was calling and all this other stuff, and I couldn't figure it out for nothing. And so I knew I wanted to learn that. And so I hired him, and then in 2011 we went on that journey. And then I, um, we went to Tony Franklin in the spring of 2012 – and I will tell you, that was a um, mind-blowing experience. Um, I had a whole year of the offense, and um, 
and I still, when I left there that weekend, my, my whole head was just thumping because of all the information that Tony threw out. Cause you know, and, and Tony added a lot of different things to the office, kind of made it his own, which is fine. Sure. Um, and then Matt mummy was at Davidson college is actually where my daughter goes now, my youngest daughter. Um, and they're a really, really high academic school down here in North Carolina. And I had a kid that played Y for me who was a very, very high academic kid. And so Matt was recruiting him and they did a clinic, a coaching clinic down there. And, um, their head coach Trip Merritt was from Red Springs where I was coaching. So it, was, it all kind of fell in and we went down there and, and I just walked up to Coach Mummy after he got talking, and I said, Coach Mummy, if you could only run 12 plays, what would you run? And then we sat down at a donut table over there in, in the Super 8 and uh, just started talking football. And then um, I went down to Key West to his clinic. I went to San Antonio to his clinic. Um, I, did a, I did a clinic in 2014 here where I brought him up and had him talk to some people. So I, I've, I've built a relationship with Coach Mummy over the years. And um, – and it's been a really positive thing. And for me, like I tell people all the time, it's really not about the plays. Um, it's about the process. You know, the way that we practice, the way that um, you limit your playbook and things like that really make the air raid special. Um, you know, you can run whatever runs you want. You know, right now, you know, we, we used to be a dark team. We, we loved running tackle rap. Right now we're kind of more counter. Um, I spent some time when I was at the college level, we were power read teams. You know, so, you know, it doesn't really matter what your runs are. You just can't have, like, 30 of them, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, of course. And, and it's, it's kind of cool to me, like you said, you, you can kind of see everyone putting their own spin on it. So I'm kind of curious, um, you know, I, I don't know how much of a diehard, like, this is Air Raid, this is not, uh, the guy that you are, and, and everyone's somewhere on the spectrum, it seems like. Um, but uh, who do you think that there still is? much air raid going on in college football or is oh, that kind I, absolutely of, absolutely I mean, um, what, what about like OU? would you because uh, lincoln riley's from the air raid family I, I, you know so lincoln's that, a great guy uh, i had a kid still... that, i had a kid that played at east carolina and, and lincoln was up there so i had a lot of time to sit down with lincoln yeah no i mean listen if you if you've ever seen my course that i sell on coach tube it's our, our total air raid system basic edition like the last chapter of that course is called making it your own and once again, it's not about plays. It's about that process. It's about having a limited playbook. And, I, I mean, look, if you look at all of Oklahoma's all-22 film and you broke down four games, you're not going to see more than about, you know, 12 plays. You know, I mean, and, and, if, and if you think about it, um, I was talking to, talking to a coach at, um, at AFCA um, who, uh, who GA'd under Jake Spavatel at, uh, at West Virginia. You know, their, their version of the air raid is more 20 personnel. I mean – and a lot of people don't realize that the air raid came from two back. You know, Coach Mummy started running this in the high school level, and it was two back. And, um, you know, I, I tell kids all the time that labels are dangerous. Um, don't let people label you. Don't let them put you in a box. And, and you know, I'm not going to argue with somebody who says, well, I'm air raid or no, you're not air raid. You know, I, I think if your playbook is big, um, you're not air raid. Um, I, I think if you don't play fast, you're not air raid. Um, I think if you have, you know, 37 passes and, you know, you're doing all this other stuff, then you're not air raid. But then again, who cares? I mean, are you winning? Are you being successful? Are you being good to kids? I think sometimes we all get so caught up in this system is better than that system. And when we forget what this is really about, and it's really about children. And the reason why I went to the air raid is so I could get kids to play. Where I coached, kids didn't want to run the wing tee. Mm-hmm. It was too hard for them. And so now I can get basketball guys to come play because they like the idea of jumping over people and catching footballs and, and things like that. And I think that's why you see that kind of offense. I mean, if you watch the LSU-Clemson game, both of those teams had some air raid concepts in it. Coach, so I played, I played in the air raid at Houston, um, although I was just a lineman, so I, got, I have no idea about anything of it other than, you know, uh, you know what we call the inside zone basically uh and then our 900 and 500 protections but no idea with with passing scheme and, and all the different things and and um you know and, and like you said you don't want to label anything too much and and if I've learned one thing from these podcasts you're exactly right it really doesn't matter what type of offense you run as long as you have um a a system and it fits your kids. We've got guys that are from air raid all the way to wing T winning state championships all across the country that we've met. And, and Oh, absolutely. Really, I mean, like you can you win said, it. You said it. It doesn't really hey. matter what you do. 
Ruffin, Ruffin McNeil says it like this. He, he always said, it's always, a, it's never about calls. It's always about kids. Mm-hmm. You know, look, if my dudes are better than your dudes, it really doesn't matter. Coaching only gets into it when it's even, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and that's, that's why the weight room is so important. That's why player development is so important. That's why culture is so important. Matter of fact, I'm really excited. I just got Randy Jackson's new book that just showed up at my house today. So I'm ready. I can't read. I can't wait to read it. Um, that culture defeat strategy yeah. too. Um, I had him on my podcast not too long ago. That that dude is he's something special. So I just got <laughs> I just got his book in the mail today. Seven more lessons on leadership from a Texas high school football coach. So um, I think your culture is important. I think that if you have a system that knows how to answer questions, I think that's important. Sure. And uh, you know, you just have to you you know like I get guys all the time who message me and they say things like well, coach, what does this mean? Or what can I call it this? And, and I tell them all the time, I say, look here, man, you have to be able to coach this. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the thing. You know, I can teach you the entire offense, but you got to make it your own. You got to make yourself comfortable. And if you get in a room with a bunch of air raid dudes, like guys who really know the air raid, you know what we talk about generally? How to play faster, how to signal something better. Um, you know, we don't talk about attacking coverages and things like that. You know, we talk about being more efficient. Hmm. And, um, and, and that's, that's what's cool about it. You know, when you go to a place like AFCA or, or one of those things and, or, or like Air Raid Nation, which we're doing down here in May, um, those guys will come. And, and most of the guys who are kind of, you know, hashtag experts, whatever that means, um, you know, we talk about playing efficiently. You know, what can we do to play faster? What can we do to, to make it easier for the kids to understand? Um, and one of the things that I'm starting to do is to give the quarterback more responsibility, letting them have more freedom. And, and that was really hard for me at first. Yeah, so it's tough. So it's tough for a lot of play callers, I think. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it is. Uh, it's hard. I think it, probably at any position to give kids, you know, so a little bit of ownership of it and let them go, especially when you've got um, a – you you kind of know what you want out of it. Um, sure. Coach, so as again, as me, all I knew was the, the only part I know about air raid is, is vertical sets. And <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing anymore, but that's it was when I was in it. But so talking to a a dumb offensive lineman that doesn't know much about any kind of pass concept. Hey, hey, hold up now. I was an offensive <laughs> lineman too now. Well, that's me. I don't know anything of it yet. Uh, so I'm trying to learn. So what what are some of the major – air raid concepts uh that that they say uh, i would assume obviously mesh um because yeah i mean in, you know in, but most most what air are raid, what most what air raid guys air raid air raid passing game most air raid guys are going to run shallow mesh uh y cross uh four verticals you know those are probably the four big ones um you know some guys are going to run sail um you know some guys will run curl um and then what the evolution is right now is a lot of guys are kind of combining stuff, um, you know, trying to get more bang for their buck, to be honest. And, um, and so, you know, you see an evolution of different things. I mean, you see, uh, um, you know, guys like Lincoln Riley and Mike Leach putting a fast screen over there, um, you, you know, and then running Y cross on top of it, you know, so different things like that. I tell guys all the time, you just have to know the bubbles of the play. Every play has a, has bubbles, you know, like where, where the five bubbles are, you know, where the receivers are supposed to be. And then you can get creative with it. And, um, you know, some, some, it, it's amazing when you talk to people, like I said, that they do this, how they've tweaked it. And, and I think Doug Meacham said it the other day on Twitter, which was really cool. Doug said, he said, that's the thing about how Mummy and Mike Leach, they're, they're, they stayed true to the air raid and didn't care about changing. Uh, everybody else has kind of made it their own if for whatever reason. And, and I think that's really important. Um, you know, when I went to the college level, I had to argue all the time about vertical setting, you know, the offensive line coach that we had up there had been there forever. And, you know, he'd been at the college level for like 28 years and he just didn't believe in it. But, you know, I tried to explain to him, you know, this is just the best way to do it. And, you know, and it was, a, it was a constant fight. So, you know, you have to, you know, I, I think, I think the biggest thing is, is letting guys understand, um, you know, what those basic concepts are. And then the other thing about the air raid, I think that's different than most things. And, and, and it's really not different, but it's just a different way of looking at it is the fact that we throw the grass, you know, we read, we read grass, not people. Uh, you know, the shallow is there is that grass open or closed. Okay. Move to the next grass. Um, 
and, and philosophically, if you start drawing it up on the board, you're like, well, coach, you're just reading the outside linebacker. Yeah, but everybody on the football field lies except for guards. You know, guards are the only honest football players. And then as you get to the collegiate and pro levels, they start lying too. You know, they start doing influence traps and all this other nonsense. But I know it, not fair. <laughs> but at the high school level, they're pretty honest. You know, <laughs> you know, they're gonna they'll take you to the ball pretty much every time. And um, and so, you know, we we just don't want to to get caught up on a guy that may have read something late or things like that. We talk about having an idea um, before the snap. You know, what's the inside the box look? What's the depth of the of the corners, you know, are they looking in at you with their eyes? And then what's their alignment or the inside, outside, you know, those kind of things. And, and then we kind of go from there and, and then we just have a progression, you know, you know, just, uh, you know, like for mesh, for instance, you know, it's high swing, front side, backside, shoot, high swing, front side, backside, shoot. I probably could call my quarterback from 2011 right now and be like, Blake, <laughs> 92, he'd be like, high swing, front side, backside, shoot, coach, you know, <laughs> you know? and you just try to get him to remember that stuff. Huh. So, so what uh, walls and, and maybe, uh, coach, you, you've researched it uh, as well, but so what's the difference in, in like that and, um, West coast offense? Is it, is it all quarterback footwork? Um, is it how they're, they're reading coverages? What, what is maybe the way, I'm sure the way coach mummy explains it, the way coach mummy explains it is this Keebler didn't invent the cookie. They just made a better rapper. <laughs> um, because you know, Coach Mummy, you know, basically stalked Lavelle Edwards for years. Hmm. You know, he stalked Lavelle Edwards. He learned from Bill Walsh. And most of the stuff in the air raid is West Coast principles. Absolutely. The air raid raid design is to throw short to people who can score. And then when they take that away, throw it deep to the same people. And then when they take that away, run until you hit the goalpost. Hmm. You know, he – he kind of took – they kind of took the highlights, right? Here, here are the, the concepts we feel are, are best and, and just kind of pared it down. And then I think, like you said, you make it – how do they learn it faster or teach it faster or make it, you know, be able to play faster? They shortened everything. You know, West Coast stuff used to just be a freaking dictation. And I think, yeah. you know, the, the air raid made it a lot more palatable and teachable for many levels. Yeah, but it's still it's still short passing game. Um, you know, you're telling guys to run the grass and sit down. You know, don't run to problems. Don't run yourself covered. Those kind of things. But if you look at some old, uh, you know, some old West Coast stuff and look at their playbooks and things like that, and compare it to what some of the air raid guys are doing, and, and that's what that's what I love about it. You know, you'll see, oh man, that's just it. That's just West Coast. Okay, cool, man. Now you win. What's next? You know, it, it, you know, it's it's right. what Coach Mummy and Coach Leach did was develop a curriculum for that offense. Mm. So, yeah. so is that – so? and I've been explained this a few times, and, and I just always either get confused or forget. So, so what is kind of the, the origin of, um, of Air Raid? Like you said, Mummy, uh, I know Leach obviously is known for it, and then uh, I know that the other guy, like you went to his clinic, uh, he kind of branched off of there as well. Uh, what is the – and maybe it depends on what coach you ask, but what is kind of that that tree of West Coast offense? Well, it started. Oh, sorry, it, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, air raid, obviously. Yeah, it's it started at Caparis Cove High School in Texas. Um, coach Mummy got that job. You know, he had been an assistant at the college level, and he had got that job, and he was trying to figure out a way um, to be effective and win with lesser athletes. And, and so he he started putting in the air raid. And, and, you know, he tells, he tells a story about the first time he threw routes on air, it was in a gym with folding chairs. You know, he set up folding chairs and created the routes on air drill. Wow. And then, you know, he got the job at Iowa Wesleyan College. And, um, and if you really want to know the history, there's a book called Stretch the Cornfield. It's a really good book. And it tells the, the story from, you know, from the very beginning about how him and Mike Leach went all over the place. Hmm. Um, but the first guy he hired was Mike Leach. And a lot of people don't understand this, that uh, Mike Leach was the first air raid offensive line coach. And uh, right. Mike Leach was the one that developed the wide splits and all that stuff. So they go up there and um, they, had a, they had a wide receiver at Iowa Wesleyan named Dana Holgerson. And, and then they go down to Valdosta State once they win up there a little bit. And they have a guy at Valdosta named Chris Hatcher. And uh, then they go to Kentucky and then – you know, obviously, while they're at Kentucky, Mike Leach, and I think this is where the air raid really, really blew up, is um, Mike finally branched out and went to Oklahoma with Bob Stoops. And, uh, 
And then obviously after a year there, he gets the Texas tech job and he's very, very successful beats Texas and all this other stuff. And then, you know, while he's at Texas, you know, he's got Art Briles on his staff. He's got Lincoln Riley playing for him. He's got Graham Harrell. He's got Cliff Kingsbury, mm-hmm. you know, he's got Sonny Dykes on his staff and all these guys, <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, and then, and then it just kind of goes from there. And then, um, you know, Lincoln goes over to East Carolina with Ruffin McNeil and, uh, does a good job. And then Lincoln goes back to Oklahoma and then, which is kind of funny. Cause if you think about it, Oklahoma is known for, you know, being hard nosed running team oh, in the yeah, 60s and 70s it. and everything. And now <laughs> people don't realize Oklahoma is a Mecca for air raid and has been for a long, long time. And then even when they were at Oklahoma, you know, you had guys like uh, Mark Mangino who was there who went to Kansas. And, and, and so, you know, that, that tree kind of sprouted, um, you know, it all goes back to Coach Mummy and Coach Leach. And, uh, and then, you know, Tony Franklin was with those guys um, at, uh, at Kentucky. Okay. And, and then when Tony got out of it, you know, Tony was the first one to kind of package it and start selling it to high school guys. And so he's the one that kind of started teaching it to all the high school guys. And then, and then what happened once Leach got to Texas Tech, it kind of it filtered down into Texas high school football. And, uh, you know, a lot of there's a lot of air raid type type teams in Texas right now who are doing yes, there are. And, um, you know, that, that's just kind of how it spread out. And then you got guys like, um, you know, Matt, Matt Mummy has been a bunch of different places and smaller schools, bigger schools. And, you know, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Well, all those Texas colleges for a while, there was I mean, a vast majority of them had air raid coaches. You know, from Houston to uh, SMU, I, I, I don't know if it was Air Raid, but seemed like they were Air Raid. SMU and then Texas A&M even had it for a while. And, um, you know, a, a bunch yeah, of – Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Sumlin was, was at TCU. Yeah, Sumlin was at A&M. And then at um, – the cool thing is that if you go to my YouTube channel, um, I, have a, I have a clinic way back in the beginning of the YouTube channel that I uploaded from in 2014, and it's called Air Raid 2.0. And um, – that was when Coach Mummy actually went to SMU with June Jones. Mm-hmm. And they tried to um, meld the, the air raid and the run and shoot. Run and shoot. And, and so what they were doing, they were doing a lot of three-by-one stuff, and they were running mesh coupled with run and shoot concepts on the two outside players. So what are run and, what are run and shoot concepts? What are, what are those two? I mean, what's the difference in those? Uh, uh, you know, I don't know that I'm the best person in the world to ask that because I really haven't studied run and okay. shoot that much other than video games and you know, old Houston Oilers. I mean, I know the run and shoot <laughs> runs a lot of switch routes and different things like that. Um, Brady may, may know a little bit more about that than I do. I just um, – um, but that, that's kind of what, you know, Coach Mummy was talking about. And then I think I the run you. and shoot receivers do a little bit more stuff too. Yeah, well, run, you got an answer sh- for me? I would say, yeah, run, run and shoot was probably more like, like Coach is saying, you know, kind of the original, you know, switch things, being able to read routes on the run. And then I think they also kind of, you know, were, were uh, you know, Coach is telling you the, the origins of the air raid was two back and a lot of your split back stuff, you know, that they'd gotten from BYU. The, the original run and shoot was basically the, kind of the first, quote, four wide, your 10 yeah. personnel. Or, or maybe your eleven personnel. So true, like hey, three by one, two by two, spread the spread the field, and like we're gonna run literally one, maybe two run plays. Like literally, June Jones ran like wide trap the whole game. That was all he ran. Yeah. Seriously, so he'd hand it to Zach Line. We played him when I was at Tulsa, and it's like, coach, they have one run play. Yeah, and that's that's all he ran. So I think that that would be kind of the the major difference is is maybe just some of the the personnel. But there there were some things that obviously did have some carryover. Matt, Matt Mummy tells a great story. He said, you know, they asked him about the air raid run game one time. He said, he said, yeah, we run on the field and we run off the field. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. I, it, it's, and it's hilarious. I mean, you know, and, and honestly, I mean, when you're in that and you're that good throwing it, seriously, you're going to see so many, you know, light boxes and things anyway. I mean, why, why would you change? I mean, it, well, it, it really and, you don't need, you need to do much. And, and you know, like I said, it, it's just – with 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 the the challenges that we have in our game these days you know with health and things like that i think we're going to start seeing more and more spread offenses um just because of some of the things that happens when you you know you pile it up in there and you you know being really uber uber physical um and, and like i said i don't know that that's something that i um you know i i like i love power i can talk power all day long you know, I love it. You know, we ran it in college. We ran it in high school. Um, 
But uh, I just think, you know, like I said, the one reason why I went to the air raid, it was just easier for me to recruit kids to out of my hallways to come play for me because of what we asked them to do. And, um, you know, like I said, you know, you get, you get guys who are just like Uber, Uber, <laughs> you know, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. And, you know, I just, I just try to figure out what I can do to make sure guys have a good time while they're playing the high school game because the high school football, I spent, I spent a little time with Patrick Willis um, while I was in uh, Nashville. He was up there with the coach two guys and, and he is, he is the coolest cat. I mean, he might be one of the best linebackers in the history of football, you know, um, but sitting there talking to Patrick and, and, and Patrick would have agreed with me when we were talking about high school football was the funnest time he ever had. And, uh, you know, and all the places he's played and all that stuff he did. But, you know, we always go back to our high school experience. And, and I just think we as coaches have to, you know, make sure that we're doing that for our kids, make sure we're having fun. Yeah, I think, you know, you, you come back to, to so many coaches and they, they talk about, you know, the personnel, the kids I have, I can't get in, I can't get out. And it's like, uh, well, I, I, can't find, I can't find a fullback. You know, well, dude, if you're going to run power 64 times a game, I mean, how, how many – yeah, how many how many you know hits can that fullback possibly take? You know, yeah. now if you're play if you're playing freaking patsies, then I get it. But if you're playing against good teams, like I'm playing in, in the league with with Ulyss Trinity and you know and, and LD Bell and in some of those leagues, I'm probably going to need four fullbacks. You know, but yeah, you know, in the other schools the schools I'm in, I'm lucky to have one fullback. And as soon as he gets hurt, your whole offense changes. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, hey, well, I guess we can't run this. We probably can't do this. So it's like have a base offense where you know okay this year holy cow we were granted a, a a slam slam your head fullback we'll change up the run game a little bit you know the other you know eight years out of ten if I'm there a decade I don't have them why not have a system that's going to be you know more conducive to the kids I have and like you said be conducive to to keep getting those kids out and I think if you look at it to like what Clemson does and Oklahoma in particular with a lot of their 20 personnel stuff, those cats are able to go out and recruit those guys so they can have that physical part of their team. Um, you know, they're still running air raid, air raid principles, but they're also able to get in there and run ISO. And a lot of people don't realize the, the base running play for air raid for a long time was ISO. Um, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it looks just like the pass protection. Hmm. You know, it, it's, you know, ISO was kind of that deal. and, and, and um, but, uh, you know, the, the, bottom, the bottom part of all that is, is, like you said, you know, we don't have the opportunity to recruit guys per se. Um, and, and that was like the reason why I went to the 3-4 three, uh, three, defense. Is, mm -hmm. you know, I looked over at my sideline one day and I had three guys who were six foot, 165, 175 pounds on the sideline. <laughs> and I looked out there and I had a 5'9", a, a 275-pound, you know, nose guard and you know, a 5'9", 260-pound, you know, yep. three technique. I mean, and it's so hard to find those guys now. So I would much rather put my better athletes on the field and find a system to where we can do that. I mean, now, if you're walking around your hallways and they all look like, you know, John Henderson, you ain't got that problem. <laughs> exactly. Well, Coach, when did, when did with Air Aid, because from what I've heard, it, it hasn't always been the breakneck tempo. When I think of it, I think of what we did – uh, in college, which was go as fast as you possibly can. And, and what, when did that kind of come into it? What, what coach kind of put that spin on it? Was that, well, it was, was that it Leach was, uh, who was that? It was how mummy, um, coach mummy and coach Leach were recruiting in Florida. And like I said, you got to read that book, stretch the cornfield. If you really want to understand about air raid. Um, but they were down in Florida recruiting and they were at a school and they asked this guy, I said, Hey, you know, what's your best drill? And, the guy showed him bandit drill, which is basically a two a two minute drill that they ran all of their plays and everybody had to score and run back and all this other stuff. And the problem was is that they were an independent school at Iowa Wesleyan. They weren't in a conference, and nobody would play them because they got so good. And, and so the teams that they were having to play were much better than them. And and Coach Mummy's idea was, how about we do this the entire game? And so they started going fast because they had no choice. And that kind of revolutionized football. Yeah, it, it, um, you know, the year that we were good, we could have beat anybody just because of that. Uh, we, we didn't have the athletes, but, but they recruited towards, uh, the right athletes. I mean, we, we took guys that were, um, too short, but very, very, very fast, um, and got them the ball. Uh, and we had a quarterback that, like you said, which is, 
Um, I, it sounds like, and I'm interested to hear how you guys are using it. We had a quarterback that, um, you know, uh, our coaches let him call the majority of the plays. And, and if he didn't call the plays, he was at least able to check it uh, at, at any point. You know, Cliff yeah. felt felt good letting Case, uh, you know, check to whatever he needed to. And and he was like an extra coach out there and, and had the ability to get it to him. And so uh, we were never in a bad situation. Yeah, and that's kind of the concept with the air raid is that, you know, they're, they're taught to read grass and, and, and get, you, get you in a better position, um, you know, before you snap the ball. I mean, and, and so what we tell our quarterbacks is you can always check down, but you can't check up. So, like, let's say we're running Y cross and you see something that you don't really like, you can check the quick game. Or if we're running quick game, you can check the screen. Gotcha. If you're running screen, you can check the run. But we're not going to allow you to check from quick game to Y cross. If that makes sense. <laughs> so, you know, it's all about what you allow your guys to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tell you who's really good at that is um, Drew Piscopo. If you guys have ever talked to Drew. Yeah. Uh, Drew is, is pretty good at teaching that stuff. Patrick Taylor with Open Grass Reads, he's really good at that. Um, and, you know, both of those guys kind of convinced me to, to let the quarterback have a little bit more freedom and get yourself in a better position. You know, I, I think RPOs are kind of the big key word these past three years, but we were doing it back in 2011. I mean, I, yeah. I remember coaches saying, hey, don't worry. You know, I'd be like, well, what I, I've seen on film, this guy sometimes comes into the box. How do we how do we get to him? And coach is like, don't worry. If there's more than five, Case is going to throw it out there to one of the receivers. I mean, that was that was in since 2011. Yeah, I, I think what happened is, is somebody just gave it a name and then it became popular to talk about. Uh, you know, a lot of people were, were reading guys. Um, we were running some some RPO concept back in 2011 as well. So, um, you know, it's it's just it's – a, it's a great deal. Um, I'm not as a big RPO guy as some guys. I know I talked to, uh, to JT O'Sullivan a little bit. when he You know, the guy that runs the QB school, him and I, I had him on my channel and we talked a little bit like off the air. And his entire offense is RPO-based. You know, like I said, it, it all boils down to what you can teach and what you're comfortable with. And, and you know, I tell people all the time, I mean, look here, the air raid is not a Republican offense. And then, you know, of course, they, their eyes get wide. And I'm like, no, you got to understand, it's just not for conservative people. You know, you, you, have to, you have to have an attack mentality to be an air raid person. You know, if you're, if you're three yards in a cloud of dust and you want to control the clock and, and control field position and things like that, then, you know, the air raid is probably not for you. So, you know, whatever you're running, I think it just has to fit your, uh, you know, your, your personality as a coach and, and then obviously your personnel as a team. I think that's totally true, man. It's, it's got to be a, a full buy-in. It's got to be a full, you know, like you said, almost like a way of life. You know, and, and honestly, that's one of the reasons why I've been so drawn to, you know, maybe not the entire system, but I've loved the the drill aspect of it, the way that you practice skills. I mean, I still do a lot of the same things as, as a receiver coach, you know, when I first kind of got my start uh, calling plays when I was in Colorado, and we were honestly doing basically, you know, coaching the air raid, and that's that was the squad that we had. But just the, those drills, you know, being able to do those same things over and over again and, and getting kids to, to be able to see things, you know, grass, capped, uncapped, whatever language you're, you're speaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think it, it's so, so true that you, you have to be fully bought into it. And if you're working for a head coach or you're working for someone that's not, you know, completely bought into it, like you said, it's, it's never going to work. It's got to be that way of life. Yeah, and I think you, you get it. I mean, you understand that the part of the air raid that's the most important is the process. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I got I have a video on my channel that talks about, you know, convincing your head coach to be to run the air raid. And part of the first thing I say is no head coach is going to get fired doing something he don't believe in. You know, yeah. he's got to believe in it if you, if you want him to run it, because, you know, at the end of the day, like you like we were talking earlier, you know, when you're in that big chair, it's a little different. <laughs> Every, everybody, wants to, everybody wants to run this play and do this and do that. But, you know, at the end of the day, there's, there's, two, there's two people that have got to own those numbers, you know, the, the school and, and the head coach. You know, when I die, they're, they're going to talk about my career record. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I mean, I, I think, you know, you sit there and I'm like, you know, you're in a state like Oklahoma where Jenks and Union have won, you know, won 26 or 27 state titles. Right. You know, you're in, you're in a state like Iowa right now where Dowling Catholics won seven in a row. I mean, to me, to, to beat some of these teams and do some of these things, I mean, obviously if you can even out the talent pool, yeah. 
but you're going to have to do some things to, to think outside the box, you know, and there's still not many schools around that are doing it. There's more and, and, yeah. and it's getting there, but it's like you said, there's still, I think just that fear factor. Oh, you live in Iowa. It's cold. Right. You know, the university of Iowa runs the ball and then they have this great weight program and I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, they recruit six, six, 280 pound right. guys, but, but keep telling me the story. Okay. Yeah. You know, and, and they got 230 pound tailbacks. Yep. Keep telling me the story, but I'm just like, you know, at some point there, there's going to be tipping point, And I don't know if, you know, I think about this crap all the time, but maybe it's, it's Cliff Kingsbury. All of a sudden he goes off and he starts making the playoffs and winning, you know, giving it like mainstream cred or, or whatever it is, or somebody goes in and they're quote, I'm the air raid guru or guy and they win a national title. I don't know if it, if it comes down to that to where it finally happens, but you know, rather than just sit there, you know what I mean? Like bang my head against the wall, bang the head against the wall. It's like, dude, let's do something completely radical, completely different and try to, you know, to even the numbers out here and let's see what happens. Buying well, you know, it's the thing. basic idea of being an entrepreneur, you know, with, with great risk comes great reward. If you're not willing to risk anything, you're not going to make anything. And, uh, you know, in football, there's two ways to win games. You either have to do something better or you have to do something different. And, uh, you know, the thing I tell people is this, man, you can't be halfway pregnant. Yeah. You know, you, I mean, you, you, you either got to go all in or you don't. And, and, you know, especially in this process, because you can't, in my opinion, for whatever that's worth, um, I just don't think this is an offense where you can take bits and pieces of it because the concept is it's a rep-based offense. You know, you're going to have focused practices. On Monday, we're going to do this. On Tuesday, we're going to do that. On Wednesday, we're going to do this. You know, it's, it's a rep-based rep offense, and, and you want to do the things that you can do to, um, to get good at something. And when Joe Salas calls it the magic rep, you know, what, what can you do to get to the magic rep? And, and, you know, that magic rep is when you do it so many times that it just becomes second nature to you. Kind of like, you know, getting that slot in a golf swing that I still haven't figured out. <laughs> sure feels good when you get there every now and again, though, doesn't it? <laughs> it it's the trap of golf, man. Like, you'll hit 27 yes, bad ones, and then you hit one good one, and now you think you got, oh, yeah, I'm going to get it now, and then you got to keep playing. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's all I think about at home. I'm just sitting there thinking about that swing and how I did it, and then uh, it never comes back again until, like you said, one more time uh, in the next round, and then you're going back the next day. Yeah. Yeah, I just, again, I mean, I, I keep coming back to it, and, and it just seems like, you know, you see so many instances of, you know, just, just the play it safe, hey, we keep it close, and then you can always, to me, you, you find, you, you can always find the, the excuse, or you can always find this, hey, you know, they got the kids, or hey, it was one of these plays, or one of these things, and I'm just like, man, you know what, just just go for broke, you know, that's why I love yeah. the guy in Arkansas, Coach Kelly, that, you know, he, he onside kicks all the time, and he, he doesn't right. punt. And, and lives by this stuff. And, you know, and, and people look at it like, dude, that's, that's crazy. But, you know, going against the grain and stuff like that, that's become the norm in his program. And that's the culture. I mean, you got dudes in that program that, you know, will make plays and, you know, take risks and, and do those things because that, that's the, the way that they've kind of been raised to go do it. And it's like, to me, those are the people that are the most brave, you know, the, yeah, one, and, the ones and that, that take that opportunity and do it. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and the other thing that I would say this is, you know, I spent some time as an athletic director and as, a, as an, um, an assistant principal. Um, ADs and, and, and administration, they, they're concerned about money. And, you know, if you're losing 35 to 28 or, or 35 to 24 or 42 to 28, people are coming to watch. You know, when I first put the air raid in at Red Springs, we'd have about 10 people watching us warm up. And then, you know, by the time we were really good, you know, there'd be 45, 50 people there before we even, you know, came off the field to go get dressed. You know, we, we scored, we, we've made over a hundred thousand dollars in football, you know, in, in the time I was there. And, and that's, that's important. You know, people want to yeah. be excited, you know, and, and for whatever reason, you know, touchdowns and home runs, you know, sell tickets. Yeah, we, uh, we did, I coached basketball too. And I remember, you know, changing midstream you know you kind of looked at you know the loyal Marymount uh, system and things like that and we, we had you know 12 13 guys that could shoot and we're starting off the year playing you know staunch man you know set screens and and we just put in the shot clock and, and literally we started off the season in 0 and 8 and we kind of took like a little coaching sabbatical and I'm just like I finally just kind of said I'm like do we got guys that can shoot let's get up and down let's run I mean let's 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 yeah. just completely change the way we did it. And we did. We literally, when we practiced, like you said, you changed how you practiced, number one, changed the kid's mindset. There's no such thing as a bad shot. We'll take you out of the game if you don't take an open shot, you know. And then we put the, the shot clock at, like, 15. 
dude, but by God, all of a sudden now we're, we're, uh, we're in the contention for the state tournament, but not only that, like you said, as an AD or a coach, our gyms were packed because people love to come see it play. Like, man, this is fun. This is yeah. offense They're up and down and they're, everybody's playing and they're pressing and they're shooting and they're scoring. I mean, it, it, it kind of turned the whole state on its side, but at the same time, it made it fun to coach again. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that I, that I think of more than anything. I mean, none of us really want to think about how much time we really spend with other people's children. Cause I mean, it's a ton. I mean, and, and you think about all that stuff and, and it's like, if you're going to do all the things that it takes to be a great coach, then you better be having fun doing it. And if you're not, then you need to get out because it's, it's way too much time, way too little money. And, and, you know, and, and look, I went, I went 10 and three and was great. And the next year I was two and nine cause we had some hurt guys and I was horrible. I mean, I just didn't become a bad coach all of a sudden. I mean, it's always going to be about players. So are you developing players and, and doing those kind of things? And, and at the end of the day, it's, it's like what Dabo Sweeney always says when they, they asked him, you know, how good is this team? And he's like, you know, ask me in 10 years. You know, when, when you see the kid that you coached at, uh, you know, at Subway and, you know, and he's doing okay and, and, and those kind of things. And, and, you know, so whether you're an air raid guy, flex bone, wing tee, single wing, you know, run and shoot, whatever it is you are and whatever it is you choose to do, you know, just make sure that, that you're in it for the right reasons. And that's, and that's developing young people and helping men, young men grow. A lot of the young men that we coach, we're the only men they know. And, you know, that's an, that's an unfortunate reality that we have in our society today. But, you know, we have a great responsibility as coaches to show our young people, you know, the right way to do things. And so I think that's really, really important. And, and for me, the air raid helps me do that. Yeah, it's, it's a lot easier. I know that coach to, to do all those things when, when you're in a mindset where you're happy and, you know, and, and you're going to work with a smile on your face and enjoying what you do. There's all those things just kind of fall into place when you're happy. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, and it's just the other thing I like about it is, you know, I used to say all the time, I, I coached with a wing T guy and he's real successful. I mean, the wing T guy, Grace Creek, David Lovett, one of the most successful wing T coaches in North Carolina. I mean, he won the, uh, the Shrine Bowl as the head coach and, you know, he's won over a hundred games and all that good stuff. And, but I used to ask David, you know, what are we, what are we going to do if we have to chase a game? You know, and, and that, that to me was the, the downfall of the, of the wing T, you know, as long as you can keep the game close, you're fine. But what happens when it's 21 to, to three, you know, you can't, you can't chain call plays when it's 21 to three, you know, if it's time to run trap, if that thing don't bust, you know, now, what, now what do you do? Um, you know, so for me, the air raid always gives you an opportunity to score from anywhere on the field. And, and, and so that's my personality. Coach, do you have a, a, a script? Is that a, is that an air raid type um, principle? Uh, you know, scripting those first however many plays, or is that um, just something we we actually we actually do? script the field. Um, you know, Coach Mummy divides the field in like five areas. Um, Coach Napier and I talked about this not too long ago. We we only def I only de um, divide the field into three areas. We have coming out, and then kind of the open area, and then kind of going in. And, and generally, in the open area, we'll have about seven play calls. Coming out, we'll have about five play calls, and then going in, we'll have about five play calls, and then a couple of uh, you know, you know, a two point play or something like that. So, you know, we don't spend a ton of time, you know, scripting plays. And I, and I will tell you this, the, the best thing to me about the air raid is it makes it so much easier to, to do practice schedules. Yes. You know, and that's why I got that practice schedule wizard on my web website for people to look at. Cause I'm like, look, man, it's all drop boxes. Boom, 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 boom. You, you, you can get your plays in. And if you're running a focus practice, you're not worried about how many times you're running this, how many times you're running that, just run those plays on the days that you're supposed to run them. And then on Friday night, you're ready to go. So, Well, Coach, uh, you know, also, uh, as you said, it kind of started like with ISO and uh, the versions I've been around. It's been a lot of inside zone. I think Oklahoma is now doing a lot of uh, gap scheme stuff off of, off of theirs. Yeah. What are you guys in right now as far as your run game? What are you guys um, our, run, our, our run game right now is GT, um, inside zone, and, uh, and then uh, jet sweep. Wide zone, outside zone. So inside zone, outside zone, GT. And then we'll, 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 we'll pin and pull some of the outside zone stuff, depending on what we get. On your jet sweep, are you guys doing the, uh, the pass forward? Yeah, I, I went, we went to that way back in 2011. It just, is that know, an it's, it's a, it saves a lot. Of, it saves a lot of reps, to be honest, because you don't have to worry about the mesh. You know, if the kid drops it, he drops it, you know, and you just kind of keep it moving. And, um, 
you know, my biggest thing is the turnovers and, and stuff like that. So, you know, we use Dart, but we use Dart as, as kind of a, um, an audible off of our GT play. If we get a four eye or something like that and we're having a hard time getting back to him with the center, um, you know, we'll, we'll call Dart instead and just have the guard base him and then run, run tackle wrap. Houston, Houston got Tulsa with that uh, toss forward walls. Maybe the year before you were there, maybe the year you were there when they kicked the 53-yard field goal. Uh, I, was, I was watching the game, and all the Tulsa guys thought uh, that it was a fumble, but they got the toss forward and uh, ended up beating you guys. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hate when you come on one of these things and they, and they bring up something that still hurts? Like, like too, <laughs> too soon, bro, too soon. You got to wait till 2036. I wasn't even I wasn't even there for that. I was there though for when Keenum called called the two fades or slot fades against us on fourth and one twice and hit both of them for touchdowns. Nice. I was like man, you, those, those are some balls. Like I remember we came out the one. I mean I've probably told the story a few times with Harper, but we is fourth down and we had zero zero blitz coming. And we I mean we're all too high cover cover four quarters team. So we, we disguised it pretty well, but I think he knew what it was and Cliff or whoever called timeout and they're like, all right, if they come out in again, I don't know if what you guys said or what your check was, but then you guys came back out. We still had cover zero on and he still threw the freaking slot fade for a touchdown. Like, you bastard, man. Dudes, bro, dudes. Well, you know, and, and like in the, in the greatest air raid drive in history, I think if anybody would agree would be the, the Texas Tech versus Texas uh, game. Oh. Awesome. Where, where Michael Cab- Crabtree cr- catches that ball. Leach called four verticals like five times on that drive. Yeah. And he, he'll call four verticals like forever, you know. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that, now, those are my favorite passes, Coach. I don't know that if I was ever smart enough to become a coordinator, I don't know that I could ever be a part of, uh, of the Air Raid Brigade because uh, I think I'd, I'd want to throw it deep too often. Well, I mean, I like the funniest thing is is Pat Taylor talks about this one time. He did a video about it. He went to a seven on seven and he ran four verticals every play. And it looked different every time because, you know, basically the guys were running and if they were capped, they were breaking it out. And, you know, outside guys were doing all the things that they were supposed to do. But you could run four verticals every play during a seven on seven. And it it was ridiculous. I was like, Pat, did you really do that? He was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then I'm in, coach. If I can run four verticals every play, I'm in. Um, well, uh, you know, coming up on an hour, Coach, but but the thing that I always love to leave guys with and, and asking this question is when you're watching another team's offensive line, what's some things that they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? I, I tell you, the one thing, you know, like I said, me being an offensive lineman by trade, the first thing that I look at when I watch film is what their offensive line looks like. Like, is it, does it have a big bow in it? Like, if it has a big bow in it, I know that whoever I'm going against is not very detail-oriented. Um, but if there's splits and alignment is sharp and things like that, then I automatically start paying attention. Like, on the very first picture, you know, I think that's, that's important, you know, because guys who pay attention to detail scare me. Um, you know, offensive line-wise, you know, I've always been a guy – I want to see guys who play with bent knees and ankles and things like that. You know, you're always going to look at pad level. And then, and then really what, what I love to see is I want to see those guys, even in pass protection, you know, are they getting after it? You know, are they discouraging the pass rush? You know, are they nasty? And, um, you know, even in the air raids, you can be like that. We tell always – you know, we tell guys all the time, when you get back there, man, find some work. Don't just sit there and chill. Go find some work. Earhole somebody. Let them know that, that they're not going to have a free reign. And, um, but I definitely – I look at their alignment and, you know, then obviously do they finish blocks and things like that. Coach, man, I know you're, you're doing a lot of stuff, you know, with technology and, and had the chance to reach out. And I know you've talked about the impact that, you know, coaching has had, you know, for, for your players. You know, can you kind of just leave us with a little bit, you know, with your, your 92 mesh group and the things you are doing, you know, online and being able to reach out? What, what's kind of that, that side been for you, knowing <laughs> you're giving back to the profession and, God dang, do you meet a lot of people? Yeah, I tell you, I, did, I didn't really realize it until I went to AFCA. I mean, I, took, I was taking pictures with people, and it was kind of weird. Um, you know, I had, a, I had a coach and staff from a university in Mexico City come up to me and want to take pictures, and, and guys were talking about how they watched the podcast, uh, watched the YouTube channel, listened to podcasts, and, and different things like that. And, and that, was really, that really made me feel good because it is, it is a labor of love. I mean, it's kind of something that started off um, and, and it's gotten really, really big, really, really fast. I mean, obviously, um, I, I, um, 
the online course is really important to me. And, and, and you know, we're trying to update it as, as, as much as fast as we can for the new year. Um, but the one thing that I, I made sure to do is that when we started selling courses and things like that is that we give back every month to a charity. Um, and we started that back in November and, you know, we did the Movember charity. We donated over $300 to that. And then we donated a hundred and some dollars to UNICEF in December. Um, this month we're doing Chucky's fight, which is an opioid education, uh, charity up in uh, New Hampshire that we're going to donate some money to depending on how many more systems we sell. Um, next month, we're sponsoring a kid for a, um, for Tim Tebow's night out, which is prom for special needs kids. And then um, the month after that, we're sponsoring um, getting Damon West up here to speak to the kids in our, um, in our, in our district. So we're, we're doing some things to try to give back. You know, it's not just about, you know, how much money we can make and, and what we can take advantage of. And also this is really not about that. You know, we decided to keep our, our price point really, really low. We could probably sell it for twice of what we do, but we don't care about that. Um, but I'm, I'm that guy I'm cursed with whenever I do something, I want to do it better. And so I, I, I try to, you know, get up in, into the technology and, and figure out stuff. And I've really started enjoying that, learning how to do the videos and the podcast. And I'm, lear I'm learning how to edit the podcast now, which is pretty cool. Um, and, and just, and just do some things like that. And, and it, it really makes me feel good to see guys who walk up to me and they go, spin it to win coach. And it, and it just like, you know, knowing that, that we're able to give back because for years guys would call me and be like, Hey coach, can I come talk some air rig with you? And now we're reaching guys. I had a, I had a coach in Brazil reach out to me and uh, we sent him a system and they won a championship down there. And he was so excited. He sent me a hat and the Coscavel Olympian. So I got, I got a Brazilian football hat. We've sold, we've sold clinic uh, courses to coaches in Austria, France, England, Mexico, Australia, Germany, um, got an opportunity, um, was asked to maybe come speak at a clinic next spring in Germany. Um, so, you know, just, it's really, it's been really cool. And, uh, you know, hopefully 2020 is a big year for us. We want to keep growing. And, and you know, I called it 92 Mesh Group because I didn't want it to be about me. I, I try to get more guys in. And, and right now our focus is going to be our Air Raid Nation Clinic, which is May 8th and 9th. And uh, we've got a really, really good um, lineup right now that, uh, you know, obviously we're going to have Coach Mummy. We got Phil Longo from North Carolina coming and a bunch of small school guys who, who are doing some really, really good things. Um, and I love small school guys, uh, you know, the smaller college guys, because they do things with athletes like we have, you know, how many people, how many people are right now are looking for all 22 LSU film? I'm like, all, all 22 LSU film is a waste of time, bro. Cause you don't have Jordan Jefferson and all those cats, you know? So, so really excited about it, man. And, you know, like I said, you can go over to our website and see our, 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 um, you know, our, 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 our community section has where we're doing our donations and things like that. And, and, you know, if you want to get our course, our course is available on CoachTube and, and all those other things like that. So just really excited. I really appreciate you guys having me on. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to, again, thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it will allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.